and welcome to the Post Party Project. My name is Amy Heinrich and I am your host. Join me as we chat all things postpartum, celebrating the highs and supporting you through the lows. Everything pregnancy and birth is just such an exciting time, but often chats about postpartum experiences get missed or overlooked because everything's about the baby, which we are also totally here for. But I'm here to hear you and hold you, figuratively speaking, and to listen to your experience. Think of this podcast as your safe space to share, vent, cry, laugh, and know that you're not alone. Now, let's get into it. On this week's episode, I'm joined by the lovely Beck. Beck speaks to us today about her C-section birth, um, her experience with breastfeeding, which for her ended up being a little bit painful due to her son's tongue tie. Um, we also speak about postpartum support. Beck is so open and honest about her experience and we cover a range of topics. I really had fun recording this chat with Beck um, and I hope you like it too. Okay, thank you so much for joining me today, Beck. I am so excited to hear about your postpartum experience. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, let's get started. I'd love to know a little bit about yourself and um, who's in your family to begin with. Yeah, sure. So I'm a mum of a, I think he's almost two and a half. He was two in December. I've, you know, you get past two and I feel like you stop counting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's just me and him and his dad. In my oh, family. Yeah. Um, what are their names? Uh, Flynn and Michael. Oh, nice. Flynn's my two-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and yeah, what do you do uh, day to day? Do you um, work for yourself or stay at home mum or? Yeah, combo. So um, I'm at home on Mondays with my little boy and then Tuesday to Friday and sometimes on the weekend, I'm a dating and relationship coach. Oh, cool. So what does that involve? That involves doing, I do one-on-one coaching with singles and couples, depending on what issues couples have in their relationship. We work through whatever's happening, communication, conflict, intimacy, those kind of things. And single women, it's about um, them dating. So getting them from a place of like overwhelm and um, feeling like it's all too hard to dating and having fun and success in dating. So I've got a membership for single women and also do one-on-one coaching with them. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so how did you go with uh, working and your pregnancy? Were you able to kind of, did you have any struggles with being pregnant and working for yourself? Well, I didn't work for myself. I did and didn't. So I well, I probably did more than I do now then. I was working full-time um, running a homelessness service when I was pregnant and I had my business on the side. Um, and I wrote a book. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) I don't know how I did it. Yeah. I don't know. You just do things before you have kids that you go, how did I do that? But it's crazy. So did you feel pretty good then in your pregnancy? I did. Yeah. Look, I had a really good pregnancy at the start, like the first three months, I felt incredibly sick. Um, but past that I felt great. So I had a lot of energy. I, um, in my workplace, we had stairs that you had to walk up every day. And I don't know, I just felt really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you didn't have any complications or anything towards the end or just, just all No, he was overdue. He was oh, in wow. there for 41 plus weeks um, and was very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, that was the only complication is that he did not want to come out. Oh, awesome. Um, so did you do much research in um, for birth or did you have kind of a plan of what I you wanted did. to expect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did she births, which I loved. And I loved it most because it 
helped my husband come on board as to what birthing was about because I don't think he had any idea until we did that course that I actually needed him to be there. I think he just thought that it was going to like sit beside me. I don't think he understood what birth was. I Yeah, it really brought him forward into like, I need you as a support person or I'm getting a doula, so make your choice. Um, And so it really brought him on board with that. Yeah, so I had a plan in place that I wanted an all-natural, beautiful birth, water birth. Nothing went to plan. (laughs) It's always the way, hey. (laughs) And even when you think like, because for me, mine didn't go to plan either. And I just thought, no, like mine will go to plan though. Like everyone keeps telling me it won't and everyone, because I wanted to have a natural water birth. And I remember all my partners, like cousins and stuff, they were just like, good luck with that. Like, (laughs) and then yeah, nothing even, yeah, nothing went to plan in the end. (laughs) Um, So yeah, how, um, how did your birth go? How did you go into labor and everything? Yeah, so I ended up getting induced. I think they did a few stretch and sweeps, which didn't do anything. He just didn't want, want to leave. Um, and I, he was quite big. So they didn't tell me this, but they did an ultrasound when I was overdue to check um, how much fluid he had around him to see if he was safe because I really did not want to be induced. So mm. <laughs> it's everything that I didn't want happened. Um Anyway, I just trusted what they said and I ended up getting induced, which meant that everything happened incredibly fast. Um, My water broke almost immediately after being induced and I went into, I had contractions straight away. Um, So it went from being like no pain to like what felt like extreme pain. Um, And then I labored all night. And also my husband was sent home at this point. So I was only, I wasn't in the birthing suite. I was just in a room because they said he can come back at 6am. I I went in at 3 p.m. Um, he went home. I was up all night um, labouring and he was at home and they just kept saying, oh, just keep going with it. And um, he came in at 6 a.m. And I'm, by that point I was a mess <laughs> um, and forget all the things that I'd planned, like the the ball, the um the essential he put the essential oils on and I go turn them off (laughs) (laughs) or the massage the tens machine I did use that was very helpful but everything else just went out the window because it just happened so quickly and I expected to be at home laboring not in hospital straight away um then he came in and I was in labor till 9 p.m that night um and then they decided to give me a cesarean because the baby's temperature, my temperature, I think my temperature was going up. Mm-hmm. Baby was fine. Again, he did not want to come out. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm sweet in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very much. <gasps> yeah. Um, and then they rushed me for an emergency C-section. I mean, rushed me. They were very calm about oh, yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at that point, to be honest, I was so tired that I was like, whatever we need to do to get the baby out safely yeah did so, you have any um pain relief going through labor before you had the c-section yeah I think like a oh maybe maybe three or four hours before the c-section they gave me an epidural um and it was magical I so didn't want it again but they gave it to me and I was like oh <laughs> and me and my husband slept for which was so good because you don't realize how much you need to be there for the baby after you have give birth yeah yeah um, and you're so tired mm. uh, so it was yeah it was amazing it was yeah yeah 
Oh, so then, um, yeah, how did you go? How did you feel wheeling in to have the C-section? I was so anxious. Um, I was crying. I was like, I'm going to die. I I felt, I don't know if it's because I was so exhausted. I just like, I went into such a negative space around it. They were all so calm and positive. They had happy music on playing in the operating theatre. The anaesthetist had this playlist going. <laughs> and I was just so like, I don't know, nothing had gone to plan. I think I was just so exhausted that I was just so I was crying the whole way down there. Mm, yeah. 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 How did you feel um, like going onto the operating table? Did you need to have a spinal block or anything with the, or because you had the epidural? Was it okay? I think because I had the epidural, they did give me something else because the anaesthetist was there next to me. I don't remember what it was. Um, yeah. I didn't feel a thing. So yeah. whatever they did worked. Um, yeah. The only thing I felt that was just so weird was the pushing to get the baby out. Mm. Um, but he was, again, so big that they, the um, surgeon had to get the anaesthetist above in the curtain on this side of me to push on my belly to push him out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How big was he? He was, was 4.35 kilos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is not, I mean, it's, not, it's big, but it's not yeah. huge. There's bigger babies. But. Oh, wow. So, yeah, did they, um, did they have any idea why he wasn't planning to come out? <laughs> No, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was just happy. <laughs> he was happy in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, how did you feel, um, I guess, throughout the C-section then? And um, as soon as they brought him out, did you feel kind of relieved that that was over? Or I did, yeah. I did feel relieved. It was, it was tough because they then take them, like, again, my plan of what I wanted to happen, I really wanted him to not be wiped I didn't want the vernix, like the covering on him to be wiped off. I wanted him to be put on me straight away. I didn't want the cord to be cut. Like lots of things I had researched for his health, I didn't, which this, the surgeon was amazing. She said to me, because I said, please just don't cut the cord if you don't have to, like let him have the blood flow back. So she said, we're not cutting it. But then that meant he was away from me, which felt like forever. It was probably like five minutes or something. I know, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't know, maybe maybe like five metres away, and my husband was there. Um, but I kept going, is he okay? Like I couldn't hear him. He wasn't crying. Like I had this idea that babies come out screaming and if they're not screaming, there's something wrong. And yeah. he didn't come out screaming. So I was like, yeah. oh, my God, is he alive? Is he okay? Yeah. And he was fine. He just um, he didn't need anything done. But it was just this, I think I'd watched one too many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so then once I had him on me, that was amazing. Um, but I was so, they wheeled me from recovery up to the room and they said to me, you hold on to him. And I was so tired that I felt like I was going to drop him because mm. I was so tired I felt I couldn't keep my eyes open or keep my hands on him, mm. um, which was interesting. I mean, I ended up doing it, but I kept saying, I'm going to drop him, I'm going to drop him. But they were right next to me wheeling me up. But I think I was just so delirious. Yeah. Yeah, I remember with mine as well because I had a C-section and I remember kind of similar. They put her like around my neck and I was like, I just don't even know how to hold a baby around my neck either. Like I was like, someone needs to help. And having like all the drugs, I felt like I was so shaky. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's crazy. You just you just manage and they're probably just watching going like, no, you definitely are okay. You've got, yeah. <laughs> you've got the baby. <laughs> yeah. And we see this every day. And if you're going to drop the baby, we would tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is such a surreal experience going in there as well because I felt the same. I felt that the... 
anaesthetists and the surgeons and stuff, they they just do it every day. So they just they've got their happy playlist. They're like, all right, let's get a baby out. Like, yeah, just- yeah. that's what she said. We're having a baby tonight. And I think yeah. one thing that relieved me was like, you're gonna meet your baby in ten minutes time, and I'm like, holy cow! After this, like ridiculous labor this is amazing yeah yeah so it's so bizarre I and I feel like just being in the moment is not until you reflect on how crazy it is later on mm-hmm. yeah so um how like how was he was he what you expected like because I felt with mine that she just didn't look as if I would had planned her to look in my head yeah yes no he didn't look anything more I because I, I think he was so fat that was so, <laughs> yeah. his face looked so squished yeah. um and I think I expected him to have dark hair because my husband's got dark hair and it was really light. Yeah. Um, and he was just so solid. Like yeah. <laughs> from the moment we had him, he didn't feel like a newborn, which was great because we're first-time parents and so therefore it didn't feel like you're going to drop him because he was huge. Yeah. Um, like he just felt like a solid unit. <laughs> yeah. And so were you guys expecting him to be big? Like were either of you big babies or? <laughs> no, I think I was, no, I think we were quite little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe he was just overcooked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then how did you, did you have to spend long in the hospital? How did you feel after the cesarean and the birth and everything? Yeah, I spent five days in there, um, which I was really grateful for. Again, nothing what I thought. I thought I'd be in and out. I thought I'd want to be home again. But I really struggled to breastfeed, so the support of having them in there for that was helpful. And also having the cesarean, you can't get out of bed easy. Like it was easy to have the little hoist I could pull myself up on. And when he was born, the bushfires were happening, so the air quality outside was horrible. So it was actually nice to be in the hospital to know he was (laughs) breathing in the air con air rather than outside yeah yeah Yeah. um so what um how did you feel with breastfeeding did you have much support in the hospital or how did that go I did but they all gave such differing advice which I don't know I mean maybe it was useful because it allowed me to find my own way but it was a little also a little bit confusing because I just didn't know what the right way to do was he ended up having a tongue tie which we got cut. So he struggled to latch, which just meant that it was so painful for me. Um, and breastfeeding is probably painful for three months, um, like so painful. Yeah. I had nipple shields on. I would like scream sometimes when he was feeding. It was mm. like, I don't, I don't know how I persevered for so long, but he always got, again, he's such, <laughs> he's always been such a solid unit. Mm-hmm. He got all his food so he never struggled to feed he got all the milk that he wanted it just hurt me yeah so how did um he get that um how did you find out he had the tongue tie when we went to the child and family nurses that you go to for the check-ins so I just kept saying how hard like how much it hurt to breastfeed and they were like, maybe it's the position, maybe this. And then they they just um, opened his mouth and saw that his um, tongue was more connected to, I think, the bottom of his mouth. Yep. Um, so after he had that done, he fed a bit better, but it took him a while because he got so used to feeding in a certain way. Yeah. And also they wanted to give him a dummy to help flatten his tummy tongue down, but he didn't want a dummy, so he never mm. took a dummy, so that didn't help. Yeah, he's um, like, no food from the dummy. Yeah. <laughs> no milk coming out of here. Yeah. yeah. Um, how was that procedure for him? Was it a bit hectic? I've never even really known what they do. Yeah, it's horrible. Like, oh. I suppose, well, it's easy for him. It didn't, like, I think it hurt for, like, a second because they just oh. trim the, they literally just snip the bottom of the, uh, 
there. Yeah. And um, so it, like he screamed and that was horrible because um, he was so little. But he, as soon as he finished, he fe- fed on me and he was fine. So it was only like a second and yeah. it was horrible. But oh, yeah. So I don't have to do where you hear everyone screaming. Oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah. it's also this was a surgery where kids were having circumcisions as well. There was so oh. much kids like, ah! Oh, my God. <laughs> horrible. So, oh, stress levels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he have to have any stitches or anything or is it just it heals? No, it just heals itself. Like oh, okay. it doesn't even bleed for that long. It's yeah. Oh, wild. wow. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I guess how long, um, you so you said you are in the hospital for five days. Um, how was your hospital stay besides the breastfeeding? Uh, I I liked it apart from the fact that my husband wasn't there because I sent him home most of the time because I just thought at some point we're going to bring the baby home and one of us needs to have had more sleep than the other because he was <laughs> sleeping on the floor for the first couple of nights on a oh mattress. I was very lucky that I had my own room. Yeah. So that, that was great. Um, and I got up to walk around and I had visitors. I don't know, it went really quickly. I didn't really want to leave because it felt like I wasn't qualified to take a baby home. Mm. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is yeah. So yeah. So I like really enjoyed being looked after and having my yes. food and stuff made. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what? I have to go now? <laughs> yeah. I have to cook my own food. This is- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. How did you feel then when you got home? Did you have much of a supportive network? Did you have family or friends that helped out as well as your partner? Yeah, we had um, a lot of people that cooked food for us and we had people who bought us dinner ladies vouchers, which was the mo- I now do that for people because it's the most amazing gift I've ever gotten, um, just being able to have food delivered to me. Um, mm. So that was a big thing. Um, yeah, it was fine. The first two weeks, my partner had two weeks off because of the paternity leave, um, but then he went back to work and two weeks just seems like the shortest amount of time. Actually, no, he might have had a month off because it was around Christmas. So he had some leave and then um, the paternity leave. But still, a month, you just, that was weird once he'd gone back to work. Because mm, yeah. I wasn't allowed to drive yet after the cesarean. And mm. so, yeah. Yeah. How did he go back at work? Was he getting much sleep to be able to function? <laughs> uh, yeah, we had, he's a pretty good sleeper, our boy. So he's from probably six weeks kind of slept. No, not six weeks. I don't know. He slept through the night very, very early oh, on. Awesome. So, yeah. And he loves sleep. So yeah. he's always been quite a good sleeper. And because I breastfed, there wasn't really much he could do mm. at night. So I just let him sleep. Yeah. The time I woke him up as I was breastfeeding out in our lounge room and a spider crawled <laughs> towards me. And I was like, oh my God, I've got him on my boob. I can't get the spider. Oh my God. It's like coming back to me. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so crazy. So yeah, did you um did you need much more help with the recovering from the C-section? No, I was absolutely amazed at how well my body recovered. Like the day after, they got me up and walking and granted I wasn't completely straight, but I only had one day where the nurses showered me and the rest of the time I was showering myself and no, it was harder when I got home because I didn't have the hoist to pull me up and I had, he was in a co-sleeper bassinet next to me. So even rolling over to, I think I've still got a shoulder injury to pull him out of the bassinet to feed, that was tough. Um, but no, surprisingly, it um, healed really well and easy. Yeah. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was one thing that I felt was the hardest for me as well, like trying to breastfeed, but being like, you know, laying down position and trying to like curl myself over. And if you do mm. it when you're just like half awake, half asleep, you kind of like, oh, God, no, that that wasn't yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, what were you saying before about the meal delivery service? Was there was there anyone that you'd particularly recommend or? Yeah, I got my mate gave me a voucher for dinner ladies and they're in Sydney. Um, yeah and their food is amazing so it just tastes like like it's all made all the food's actually made so we've got lasagnas and stews and desserts and and I got to choose what food I wanted and it was really good so I was very grateful for that because it and it's all frozen so I could pull it out when we needed and then I had mates that just cooked us meals that we could freeze so that I just feel like that's such a something that kind of doesn't get talked about enough like and it is I hear more and more that um meal train they do it in America a lot like who's going to jump on the meal train for the person who's just had the baby and yeah. people scheduling when they're going to drop over meals for people yeah and that's just so the last thing you want to do is think about what you're going to eat or cook or anything yeah. like that like particularly for the first month or six weeks so I think it's really helpful to have that kind of support there yeah and in your um, experience do you feel like there's anything else that would have helped you in that immediate few weeks at home oh yeah probably a cleaner <laughs> yeah <laughs> cleaning batches <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's I, I think way. more social support. Like I think that the midwives were great, but they, whatever their job role is, didn't allow them to come a lot. And I'd mm. formed, I did the um, MGP, midwifery group program. So I got to know the same five midwives throughout my whole pregnancy and birth. And then it felt like, almost felt like I was losing a friend because mm. I got to see them, I think, once after he was born at home. Yeah. Um, and I would have liked to have seen them more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, yeah, I feel like there needs to be a little bit more support just even like, yeah, mentally, emotionally for the mum in that kind of environment. Because I felt for me when I um, had just one of those, I think it was like the child health nurse appointments, I felt like I was just another person coming through. There was a checklist, like, how are you going mentally? Like, are you having any negative thoughts? Like, I just felt like she didn't even look me in the eye and ask. It was just like, read, 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 tick, 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 you're all good, go. And it's like, in that situation, you don't really even feel like you want to open up to someone who doesn't seem like they really care. Yeah. And you know, what's so interesting, like my background is counseling and therapy and I'm very aware of postnatal depression. And so I was so honest because I felt rubbish for, I cried every day for probably six weeks and it was, it's so, it's not me at all. So I knew something was off. Um, and I was really honest with her. I was like, I don't feel good. I don't feel like myself. I didn't feel not connected to the baby. I didn't feel like, um, I did feel like maybe I had depression because I'd never had depression before. And I was like, I don't know, is this what it feels like? I feel sad every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't do anything about it. So I was oh. like, this is like, I'm being super honest, being vulnerable, reaching out to you. And it was, she's like, yeah, you'll be fine. And I'm like, okay. Cool. Oh God. Yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, they don't really know how to respond in to it either or what to do next. Yeah. I was super shocked with that. Yeah. And I, looking back, I didn't have postnatal depression, but, you know, what if I did? I feel like there could have been some more exploration around how mm. I was feeling and the support that I needed because there was nothing offered from that. And I was really honest about it. So she didn't even have to go digging. I was like, this is yeah. how I'm like, feeling. Here it is on a plate. Not, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when did those feelings kind of start for you and how long did they hang around for? 
probably started like as soon as I got home from hospital um, and they hung, I think about six weeks is when I started to feel okay. And and that was a combination of I could finally drive and leave the house. Um, I could, feeding was getting slowly getting better. At least I had bought nipple shields. Like I was probably getting a little bit more sleep, um, more social. I'm so extroverted. So having that, like having the, I could go to the mother's groups then, um, which was such a lifesaver for me, having that community of women around. So, yeah, I think it was a combination of all those things. Yeah. And did you have um, many friends that had babies around the same time or did you have? No, none. None. Okay. All my mates, I'm 38, so all my mates have had babies um, earlier in life. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just kind of felt like catching up with them. You guys were just on different parts, like um, different, what's it called, stages? <laughs> Yeah, like they, like my best mate has two kids and she's incredible with the support she gives, but her kids are, they're not the same age as something about having, hanging out with a mum who's literally got a kid the same age, which you form in mother's group. That's cool because you can go like the, the knowledge for the other people who've had kids ages ago is kind of gone. Like you can go, oh my God, my kid, you know, was up all night screaming and, you know, is yours going through this stage? And another one would be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's happening with us. And you feel less alone. Yeah, yeah, it's all current and yeah, current feelings. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, was there anything else that kind of popped up for you that you didn't really expect postpartum? I guess even up until now. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I knew much about the thing that shocked me the most was because I had such a good sleeper kid when we went through the leaps or the I hate the word regression, but I know mm-hmm. that's what it's termed. Mm-hmm. Um that then he wouldn't sleep in the night and that's just when you're kind of getting used to sleeping you'd be like oh no I don't know what to do I felt like it was yeah. worse because you were kind of getting like I started back in my business when he was three months because I felt really good everything I didn't give myself a deadline or anything but I was like I feel good now I'm getting enough sleep and then I think we got the four month sleep regression I was like oh the <laughs> train had hit me and I was yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. And how long is it gonna go for and yeah what's going on is this gonna be be how it is forever now and mm. and when yeah. you google it it's like google says oh it might last like two weeks or it might last eight weeks and yeah like, what? <laughs> exactly I was like I don't know this is not cool I've just started taking on clients and now you're not sleeping and I can't do my job if I yeah you know, no how sleep. did you manage that because I remember the four month sleep regression for me I found that to be so hard it felt like she was waking every 20 minutes <laughs> yeah it didn't last long for us no regressions ever lasted long for us so it may be a couple of I think maybe a week or two was the longest one I think at the eight month one was the hardest for us and that probably lasted two weeks yeah Yeah. Um, oh that's good yeah and I don't know you just I just had to move things and cancel things and just be there and like he took us five years to conceive so I think that I because we had such a struggle to conceive we're so grateful for every moment and so Mm -hmm. I'm like oh and I don't know if I can have another one. So I'm like, well, let's enjoy every moment with him, even if it means at 1 a.m. I'm giving you a cuddle because even now he doesn't want to cuddle unless he's sick. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just learned to adapt to where we were at. Yeah, definitely. And then how did you kind of manage through those sleep regressions? Was there anything that in particular like helped? Would, would it just need extra cuddles in your experience? Yeah, he just, yes, he loved cuddles. And at that point, he was still feeding he was still breastfeeding so that always helped yeah 
yeah. yeah, that was the same with me. I just remember I'll just breastfeed every 20 minutes if I have to. That was, And then when she'd go through them, I would just put her in our bed. My partner actually slept on the floor for a couple of months through the eight-month regression. Ours went forever. I feel like the eight-month regression went from eight months to 11 months. <laughs> that's a tough one, isn't it? Like, yeah. And that's the one I think that's drew me the most. I don't think I was, everyone talked about the four-month one, but the eight-month one was way worse for us. Yeah. Did you find, because um, my little one is 14 months now, did you find, I've heard there's an 18-month one. Did you guys have that? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yes, we did. It was right before we've moved down south, so it was right before we moved. And so it was a combination of that and daylight savings and moving. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, I had to sleep on the floor, thank goodness. Yeah. Our last house had floorboards. This one has carpet upstairs. So I was able to sleep on the carpet next to his <sighs> cot and he just wanted my hand in Okay. He never sleeps in our bed, so that's yeah. a blessing, but yeah. he um, did want my hand in his cot, so I'd sleep on the floor for I don't know how long we did that for. It felt That felt like forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, that one's coming up. <laughs> we just actually, like, after the, um, what's it called, the eight-month regression, we spoke to, like, a gentle sleep lady, and she recommended in our situation um, to just put a mattress on the floor. And so Ivy has just been on a mattress on the floor ever since. <laughs> but okay. it's, it's so good. She just, like, she stays there all night. So whenever she does wake up in the night, which is pretty rare now, thankfully, um, I just lay next to her. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> good yeah. yeah um so how did you feel I guess um did you have any feelings about your body post-birth um like body image there's just so much we see on social media about kind of bounce back did you have any of those kind of feelings at all uh I don't like I definitely put on weight and I definitely just went up a clothes size I don't know I just think I got used to just being a size 12 instead of a size 10 I don't it's body image hasn't ever been something that I have obsessed over or that it's impacted me that much um I think having a belly I don't think I was used to having like even a bump in my belly though that was the one thing I was like oh not what's this (laughs) Like, like about my body, like I'm lucky, my body's just even all yeah. over, and I'm fairly tall, so things yeah. just kind of even out. But no, I think I just bought all new clothes in a different yeah. size and just got used to this is who I am now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I was literally saying to my partner the other day, I'm like, I think that I've only bought Ivy clothes for the last year that she's been alive and I haven't gotten like, I'm just, there's probably no way I'm going to be back to what I was pre-birth. And I'm like, I'm just, how am I going coming into winter? Am I just going to squeeze into these jeans? <laughs> so yeah, he was like, no, go out and buy yourself a new outfit. <laughs> yeah. The best thing I ever did, I met this stylist in a Um, business networking group and so before I moved I did a wardrobe detox with her so I tried on every single piece of clothing in my wardrobe and I was like I threw out anything that didn't fit anything that didn't feel good anything she said looked crap Um, (laughs) and then I'm yet to stock up again but it was nice to like I got rid of so much stuff like probably like five garbage bags worth of clothes and wow yeah that must be such a good, I was like, maybe I'll fit into them. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It must be such a good mental refresh because I think that's what I personally do with my cupboard. I'm like, oh no, like one day I'll be back there, but I'm like, might as well just buy new jeans if that happens, like rather than have that mental thought there. Yeah, totally. And like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but after I was pregnant and I got to wear those comfy, stretchy jeans being pregnant and I wore them 
post birth as well because I still had a bit of a belly. I was like, I don't ever want to go back to button up jeans again. Yeah. And you can eat whatever you want. So you yeah. definitely don't want jeans that are uncomfortable because that's yeah. the worst. Yeah, definitely. I definitely found that. I think I just lived in like um, gym tights as well throughout my yep. pregnancy, really stretchy ones. And I have not gone, now when I have to wear jeans or anything, dress up, I'm just like, what is this? I like the yeah. comfy life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to take a quick break to talk about Bev's Buzz Break. Do you need a break from that caffeine buzz? So I started Bev's Buzz Break because I was addicted to caffeine and I just knew it was wreaking havoc on my body. I was experiencing anxiety and panic attacks. My hormones were imbalanced and out of whack. I was diagnosed with PCOS and everything I was reading and looking into just pointed that I needed a break from caffeine but I was just not ready to part with my daily cup. Honestly, I tried so many times to give up caffeine and I just couldn't because I just craved that morning cup of coffee and I was so addicted to the ritual that is coffee. So that's how Bev's Buzz Break was created. I started working with a coffee roastery to blend lower caffeine coffee. So we've created a 75% caffeine with a 25% decaf, a 50% caffeine with a 50% decaf, a 25% caffeine with a 75% decaf and a 100% decaf blend. It's available as whole beans, espresso grind and Nespresso compatible pods. Um, It really is so delicious and I personally don't even notice that I'm drinking less caffeine. I found it so helpful to do while I was breastfeeding, um, while I was pregnant. I just didn't want to have to worry about having excess caffeine through my body um, in those times as well. And now I just know like I'm not breastfeeding and I'm not pregnant at the moment, but I love that I'm still not consuming as much caffeine and I'm kind of giving my body a bit of a break from it. Um, Also, I can have numerous amounts of cups throughout the day and I'm consuming less caffeine. So it is a win. Um, I wanted to give listeners of the Post Party Project 10% off. So all you need to do is go to the website www.bevsbuzzbreak.com.au and use the code PPP at checkout. I guess looking back on the last couple of years, is there anything in particular you found most challenging? Probably life as a mum in general. Like I'm someone who really likes freedom and I feel like almost being a mum that got taken away from me because I can't just suddenly go on a road trip or have a day nap even Mm. (laughs) or Like, I don't know, just go get lost for the day. Like my days are so structured with him now, like not when he's in daycare, but like I've got the morning, now he has a nap in the middle of the day so we can do something in the morning and the afternoon. And But I couldn't take him out all day and go Mm -hmm. do something. And if I can, I'm not going to go for an eight-hour road trip with him. He'd lose his mind. So I feel like that freedom of um, just having my own life almost got taken away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I... I wonder about I'd love to travel like we used to love to travel but I'm like mm-hmm. what would going to Europe look like with <laughs> a one-year-old yeah, like, do it. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm just not brave enough like yeah. and also COVID had us so homebound so mm-hmm. I just got used to not doing and he is 
it, I mean, it helped incredibly with his structure, but then he's so structured. So yeah. like if you throw him out of that routine, it's a bit weird for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess then in contrast, what have you found most rewarding? Yeah, I, I think seeing them grow and seeing life through their eyes, like I just love watching him learn and um, develop and like even his language is really developing now and that's such a cool thing to watch, just watching like they're just so innocent and like the little things that they see, like he'd be like, oh, it's a sunny day. It's so beautiful. Like it's so, so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And even if it's raining and the sun's out, it's like a sunny day. Uh, it's just so, yeah, it's they just make you, I've really appreciated making, being present and slowing down. And it's something I just feel like I was not capable of pre-child. Um and I had to be like, there's nothing you can do when you have a baby, but slow down and be present. Like if they need to be fed, they need to be fed. You can't get the million things done that you need to get done. You just have to be with them and be present. And I appreciate that I've been able to incorporate that skill and, and semi keep it in my life. Mm, yeah, that's so good. How's, um, how's work been with him at daycare? Um, do you find that you manage having a couple of days? And yeah, how did you decide? I guess also, how did you decide to get back into it as well? <laughs> I had to. Well, uh, firstly, when we had him in daycare in Sydney, my family owned a daycare. So he was going there. Um, and that was great for me because I trusted them. I knew them. My family worked there. So that was an easy decision for me. So I sent him at 10 months. Yeah. Um, I think for two days at that stage. Um, and then I just got so used to it. Besides COVID, I had him home again for another six months when COVID happened, I took him out. Um, but then when we moved, I had to get him in. It's so important for my self-care and my sense of self. And I love what I do. So I needed to get back to work. Like mm-hmm. I, it was just such a, I don't know, pull for me to get back in. And he is also such a social kid. So he loves kindy. Like he gets so excited when he, we had COVID the other week, he carried his backpack around the house oh. because he wanted to go to kindy. kindy oh. time. Like he loves it. It's so, yeah. it's so important for him and for me. And um, I think you find the right center. I think it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice after going through everything you have, um, what would it be? Oh, good question. Probably to probably to listen to my partner more. Wow, that's very different at parenting. Um, yeah. And I think so much of the time, and even now, I think that my way is the right way. And um, but yet, what he does with Flynn, and he's so much more structured and more boundaried and more rules and. It works, yeah. and so I think I could learn a lot from him. Yeah, if I am more open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that like something to move forward with as well? Yes, it is oh, a no. great goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so funny. It's so Let's hard see if when, I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so hard when you're in the moment though as well. Like what what you think works and what they think works. 
Yeah, totally. And in the moment, I'm like, don't say that. Don't do that. And then yeah. I, then it works. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I find it so hard because there's so many different pages on social media now. Like, this is how you should talk to your child. This is how you should do that. And my partner doesn't actually really read any of that stuff. So he's just going on his own experiences. But I'm like, no, this is the way that they need their brains work or whatever. So we also have a lot of those conversations. And it's, yeah, it's hard to know what's actually right in your own situation. It's so hard. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I would give my advice would be to like completely trust your intuition. There's like a level of intuition you have as a mum that no what you don't have that unless you're a mum, I don't think, or, or maybe you do. I don't know. But I really had to pull on it. Um, well, I'll say a woman, like women have such great intuition um, and the feminine has such great intuition. And I think that I should have trusted that more at times, like even when he's sick or just we know what to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Beck. Um, is there anything else you would like to add or do you feel like we've covered most things in your postpartum experience? No, I think we've covered it. Thank you. This is such an important topic that needs to be spoken about more. You know, we plan so much for a wedding. We plan so much for the birth and we don't plan for what it's going to be like afterwards. And that is the biggest and most important part of all of this. So great that we're having these conversations yeah exactly yeah thank you so much for sharing and being so open and vulnerable with your experience oh you're welcome thank you thanks awesome thank you so much for joining me today if you enjoyed this episode i'd appreciate it so much if you would give me a review and um yeah let me know what you think um i'm also over on instagram at the post party project um yeah and if you'd like to share your story you can hit me up at the postpartyproject at gmail.com or send me a message on instagram thank you